Welcome back to your therapy tools. It seems that it's time to revisit anxiety. I know, not your favorite person or thing to revisit, but I've had a few requests, so I just want to revisit anxiety, and I've put together kind of a breakdown of what it is, what it entails, and a couple of uh, coping tools that can help you with your anxiety. Um, I do have a hypnosis podcast episode that is directly for anxiety, people with anxiety. So if you're suffering with anxiety, give that episode a try. Put in your headphones, listen to it every night for 21 days. Really ingrain the information into your subconscious and it will help you as well as using good coping to, coping tools and understanding exactly what kind of uh, mess you're dealing with when you have anxiety. So what is anxiety? This is a mental and physical reaction to perceived threats. Um, in small doses, the anxiety can be helpful. It can protect you from danger. It can help you focus your attention on certain problems. It can even help you perform better in sports if you have a little anxiety beforehand. That excess energy propels you through and you hit that home run or you uh, win that basketball game or you get that touchdown. So anxiety can be healthy in small doses, but when it gets into larger doses, that's when it begins to chip away at our quality of life. Um, When it's too severe or occurs too frequently, it can actually become debilitating. So what are the symptoms of anxiety? Um, You'll experience uncontrollable worry. And I also refer to that, we call that rumination. You have poor concentration. It's hard to focus on any one thing for very long. You have excessive nervousness, a lot of nervous energy, a lot of nervous thinking, increased heart rate, sleep problems. You either sleep too much or not enough. You have an upset stomach, uh, maybe muscle tension, throat issues can also be a factor, and avoidance of fear. So you're engaging in avoidance behaviors, um, and we'll get more into that in a minute. So what what are the types of anxiety? There are three main types of anxiety. We have the generalized anxiety, which is basically an excessive amount of anxiety or worry in several areas of your life. This could be surrounding your job, your relationships, your responsibilities, your health, your finances, or it could be small things like completing your housework, am I being a good mother? Um, Am I dressed appropriately for going to the grocery store? It might be a lot of small things that create a giant avalanche that turns into excessive anxiety. The second one is phobias. Very intense fears of specific situations, things, um, and this fear is, is really out of proportion to the actual threat of whatever it is that you're afraid of. Um, If you're afraid of giving speeches or you're afraid of spiders, 
that could be considered a phobia, like fear of speaking in front of people. A lot of us are afraid of spiders. And if you think about it, that spider is tiny in comparison to our giant bodies. And we can stomp on them. We can spray them with killer sprays and, and fumigate our areas. And they're not the huge monster that our brain makes them out to be. And speaking in front of people generally ends up being a good experience, but we listen to our core beliefs and the lies that anxiety tells us, and it puts us in a state of absolute fear. Okay, the third type of anxiety is panic. So this is a very extreme anxious response in which you experience a panic attack. During a panic attack, you would experience numerous physical symptoms, um, such as feeling like you're having a heart attack, feeling like maybe you're having a stroke, feeling like you're going to pass out, and it feels very real, and it's very overwhelming, and there's also a major sense of dread, like you feel like you're dying, and you might um, flee the scene. That's where fight, flight, and freeze comes into play, because you might flee the scene and find a safe spot where you can isolate and stay there until you feel better for fear of dying in front of other people or for fear that you won't make it to the hospital in time and you'll die in a car accident where you die at the wheel and you accidentally kill a family who's driving the other way. Um, panic is, is no joke. So how does anxiety grow? So you avoid something scary, you get temporary relief from your anxiety. That reinforces your anxiety. And then you feel the anxiety, and you reinforce it by running away from the scary thing. Then you reinforce it by getting that relief. So it drives people to avoid things that scare them. When that scary thing is avoided, there's an immediate but short-lived sense of relief. The next time a similar threat, perceived threat, arises, it will feel more scary. And this creates a harmful cycle of avoidance and strengthening the anxiety. So it becomes more and more prominent. Vicious cycle. Anxiety treatments include cognitive behavioral therapy. This is very effective. Uh, the unhealthy thinking patterns that create anxiety are identified and challenged. And oftentimes, cognitive behavioral therapy will also include components of exposure therapy and relaxation skills, um, especially mindfulness. Exposure therapy. Um, during exposure therapy, the therapist and the patient will create a plan to gradually face those anxiety-producing situations or things and break the cycle of avoidance. With enough exposure, the anxiety can lose its power and the symptoms can diminish. Relaxation skills are various technique, techniques such as the deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, mindfulness, and these provide immediate relief from symptoms of anxiety. With practice, relaxation skills can become a very powerful way to manage your anxiety in the moment. You have to train yourself and practice all these tools while you feel good and train your brain 
And once you master it, you, you can actually do this. You can stop it in the moment and feel better. Medication, medication can help control uncomfortable symptoms of anxiety. But because medication does not fix the underlying problem of anxiety, which is the ruminations, the constant worry, the fear, you can't take a pill to make that go away. Um, it's typically used in conjunction with therapy. So the need for medication when you have anxiety, it varies from case to case. Um, but generally, the pill will only be a band-aid for some of the symptoms. And then you have to think of the side effects of that medication. Uh, the true power, the true empowerment you receive is through therapy tools. So let's talk a little more about the fight or flight response. This is one of the tools your body will use to protect you from danger. When you feel threatened, this response will automatically kick in. And there are several physiological changes that prepare you to either confront or flee from the threat. So what are the symptoms? You get increased heart rate. You get a boost of adrenaline. You get racing thoughts. You have a hard time concentrating. You could become dizzy or lightheaded. You might become nauseous. You might have rapid shallow breathing where you're breathing from just the top of your chest. You might shake. You might get sweaty. You might have tense muscles. You could have numbness in your extremities. And even threats to emotional well-being, such as the fear of embarrassment before giving a presentation, can trigger this fight-or-flight response. So in these cases, the symptoms often do a lot more harm than good. Um, an increased heart rate and sweating might help you escape from a bear, but it is not going to do much to help you look cool and collected when you're speaking in front of people. So is the fight-or-flight response a bad thing? Um, everybody will experience it at times in their life to varying degrees. Usually it's natural, healthy, and not a problem. Um, when the fight-or-flight response leads to excessive anger, excessive anxiety, prolonged stress, and other problems, that might be a time to get yourself some good therapy tools and start practicing so that you can decrease those symptoms. Because when they become more excessive, it definitely is a deficit to your quality of life. So how can you manage fight or flight? Um, your body can also initiate opposing relaxa relaxation responses. Many symptoms of relaxation response counteract the fight or flight, such as the slower deep breathing exercises, progressive muscle relaxation, and slowing down that heart rate. So the relaxation response can be triggered by using relaxation skills. Do the deep breathing. Do the progressive muscle relaxation. Practice those often. Practice those when you feel good. Really ingrain it in your subconscious. When I do this, my body does this. Let's take a quick break and I'll be right back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, thank you for sticking with me here. The next part of our anxiety exploration today is your core beliefs. Your core beliefs do play a part in how anxious you are. So everybody looks at the world differently. Two people can have the same experience, yet have very different interpretations of what just happened. So your core beliefs are deeply held beliefs that influence how you interpret your experiences. Think of core beliefs like a pair of sunglasses. Everybody has different shades and they cause them to see things differently. So there's an example on this worksheet. It says the situation. And no, this is not Jersey Shore. Ha <laughs> ha. The situation. You meet a new person. And you think about asking them to go out for coffee. So here's two different sets of of core beliefs. The first one is, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And your consequences, you would be thinking, why would they ever go out to coffee with me? And your behavior would result in not asking that person out to coffee. Now, if you're wearing the the other pair of shades that say, I am worthy, the core belief is I am worthy, your thought will be, we might have fun if we go out together and your resulting behavior is, hey, would you like to go out for coffee with me sometime? Many people have negative core beliefs that will cause harmful consequences. Uh, To begin to challenge your negative core beliefs, you first need to identify what they are. So there's a few examples on this worksheet. Core beliefs such as feeling that you are unlovable, that you are not good enough, that you are stupid, that you are ugly, that you are abnormal or awkward, that you're boring, that you're bad or evil, that you're worthless, or that you just don't deserve happiness and joy in your life. So with those examples, and maybe you've come up with one of your own, what is one of your biggest negative core beliefs? Write that down somewhere because it's time to work on changing that. And the first step to changing that negative core belief is to list three pieces of evidence that are contrary to your negative core belief. So if you have a negative core belief that you are ugly You would write down, I believe I am ugly. However, people constantly compliment my beautiful eyes. I have a core belief that I'm ugly. However, when people compliment my selfies on Facebook, they always tell me I'm beautiful. I have the core belief that I'm ugly. However, every time I go out, I notice the opposite sex looking at me. And I do get asked out on dates quite often. So those are contrary statements to your core belief. 
So work on that. Work on pick your biggest negative core belief and work on debating yourself with that. Give yourself evidence to the contrary. The next worksheet in this bundle is safety behaviors. So one of the most harmful responses to anxiety is our avoidance behavior. When we're avoiding the source of our fear, we feel relief. But the next time we face the situation, the anxiety is worse, right? So safety behaviors are subtle actions that we use to avoid anxiety. Um, Somebody who has anxiety about being in a social situation, they might stare at their phone their whole time they're at a party, discouraging others from approaching them. Um, All those safety behaviors provide some relief. They really make your anxiety worse in the long run. So here's a little example. You have anxiety in regard to drawing attention to yourself in a group. Your safety behavior could be speaking very softly, avoiding eye contact, or, you know, like I just said, staring at your phone. Um, And the consequences of that behavior, you have temporary relief from your anxiety, but you also have difficulty making friends. You reinforce your core belief that you're awkward and antisocial. People look at you as unapproachable and unfriendly. And the worst one, you never face your fears. So... This worksheet has quite a few safety behaviors on it. I will read you a few of them. And I want you to think about what your main go-to safety behavior is to cope with your anxiety. And then I want you to do the reverse. Okay? So here are a few examples. You speak very little. You don't say much. You avoid sharing personal information. You avoid eye contact. You wear excessive makeup to hide the fact that you're blushing. You use distractions to appear busy, such as the phone, the TV, the tablet. You're continually seeking reassurance and approval from others. You lie or exaggerate to make yourself look better. You talk excessively to avoid silence. You use drugs or alcohol. You avoid asking questions. Okay, so um, let's say that as you heard me talking, you said, Oh yeah, I, uh, I uh, avoid eye contact. That's one of my safety behaviors because I feel like if I, don't, if I don't give people eye contact, they will disengage and leave me the hell alone, right? So if that is your main go-to safety behavior, to avoid feeling that anxiety and facing your fear, I want you to start giving people eye contact. Start, don't be creepy and stare them down without blinking like a serial killer, but (laughs) give them a good amount of eye contact. Look away for a brief second and look back into their eyes while they're speaking to you. If, if, if you want to start slow with this exposure, Uh, When you take your morning walk or when you walk down the hall on your lunch break at work, make it a point to make eye contact with one person and say, Hi, good morning, how are you? Make sure you make eye contact and give them a warm greeting of some sort. You can start slow and then lead up to having longer conversations with more eye contact. Make sense? Okay, so choose... 
right now, just like think in your head, what is my go-to safety behavior to avoid having to feel anxiety, to avoid social situations? Whatever it is, turn it around and do the opposite. And do it in little stages, little steps, so that you can master that skill and turn things around. All right, our next worksheet is Coping Skills for Anxiety. So, of course, anxiety is is accompanied by, ruled by, and fueled by negative thinking loops, right? Irrational thoughts, cognitive distortions, stupid thoughts. Um, Anxiety can be magnified by all these thoughts. And, you know, there's an example here that the thought, something bad's going to happen or I'm going to make a mistake It might lack evidence, but it still has a huge impact on how you're feeling. So it's important to examine the evidence and challenge all these anxious thoughts because most of the time your anxiety is lying to you. Um, Put your thoughts on trial. I know you've heard me say this probably too many times. Choose a thought that has contributed to your anxiety. Gather evidence in support of your thought, and it can only be verifiable facts. It can't be assumptions or, or f- future predictions or a thinking you know what somebody's thinking. This has to be factual, something you heard or saw or felt that was absolutely irrefutable fact, okay? And put this evidence against your thought up on the evidence counter. Compare the evidence and determine whether your thought is accurate or not. So did you just have a bad feeling about going to that party or did you overhear your coworker say, I really hope uh, she doesn't come to this party. I hate her. Did you really hear that or did you just think they might think that? So you have, if, if you just had a, a weird thought thinking, oh no, they're not going to like me. That's not a fact that's your anxiety talking to you. So you need to learn to differentiate. So is your thought based on facts or feelings? How would your best friend see the situation? How likely is it that your fear will come true? What most, what is most likely to happen if you go? You don't know, but you can't give yourself a terrible forecast before jumping in because you don't know what will happen. If your fear comes true, will it still matter in a week, a month, or a year? If you end up going somewhere and somebody's rude to you, is it really going to have that much of an impact on your life that in a month or a year from now you're going to still be sitting around stewing over it? Or is it something that really doesn't matter? So imagery is next. Your thoughts have the power to change how you feel. If you think of something sad you're probably going to start feeling sad. We thought, you know, we had the anniversary of 9-11 recently and all of us, most of us stopped and thought about it and we talked about how we were feeling and it was so sad, it was so devastating. Thinking about something devastating or sad creates that feeling. The opposite is also true. When you think about something positive and calming, you start to feel relaxed. The imagery technique really harnesses this power to reduce anxiety. 
So think of a place you find comforting. It could be a beach, it could be your bedroom, your bathroom, a quiet mountaintop, or even a loud concert and you're in the middle of a mosh pit, okay? So for five to 10 minutes, use all of your senses to imagine your happy place in great, great detail. Really imagine it. Think about the smells, the sights, the sounds, how it feels. What do you see around you? What do you notice in the distance? Look all around and take in your full surroundings, a 360 view. Look for small details that you might normally miss. What sounds do you hear? Are they soft? Are they loud? Listen closely to everything around you and keep listening to see if you notice any distant sounds. Are you eating or drinking something? What is the flavor like? How does it taste? Savor all the tastes of the food and the drink if you have them in this imagery. What do you feel? What is the temperature like? How does the air feel on your skin? How do your clothes feel on your body? Is the sun shining down on you? Are tiny raindrops kissing your face? Like what what are you feeling on your body and your skin? And what do you smell? Is it a strong smell, a faint smell? What does the air smell like? Take some time to really take that in. So while you're doing this imagery and you're doing the nice, calming, cleansing, deep breaths, you're giving your body a break from anxiety. Okay, next is the deep breathing. Now this worksheet says four seconds in, hold for four seconds, exhale for six seconds. Well, then you want to hold your breath again for four seconds, okay? So in through the nose, counting to four, like one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand. Then you hold your breath. You want to feel your belly really extend when you do this. You want to breathe all the way down into every area of your lungs. Then you hold that breath for four seconds. Then you slowly exhale from your mouth. It can be four or six seconds or until all of the air is gone. So you want to feel your belly button reaching back to your spine as your stomach flattens back out. And you're just... And then when you have no air left, hold like that for four seconds. Practice this often, practice it when you feel good, and it will be more effective when you really, really need it. Okay, next we have progressive muscle relaxation. So this is uh, scientifically proven to achieve a powerful feeling of relaxation. It'll help you spot anxiety by teaching you to recognize muscle tension versus relaxation. So what you do is sit back or lie down, and for each area of the body listed below, you will tense your muscles tightly, but not to the point of strain. You'll hold that tension for 10 seconds and pay close attention to how it feels. Then you release the tension and notice how it feels to relax and how that differentiates from the tension. So how does it feel to be tense versus How does it feel to let go? So you start with your feet. You curl your toes tightly into your feet and then release them. Then your calf muscles. Point or flex your feet, then let them relax. Squeeze your thighs together tightly 
then let them relax. You could do this in your office, sitting at your chair. Your torso, suck in your abdomen. Tighten it, tighten it, tighten it, then release it. Let it fall. Squeeze your shoulder blades back together, then release them. You can do this by bending your arms into like a chicken wing pose and using those elbows to try to touch together behind your back as as far as you can and then let go and drop. For your arms, make a fist and squeeze them toward your shoulders, tightening every muscle in your arms for 10 seconds, then let them drop. For your hands, just make a fist and hold it, then relax. For your face, you want to scrunch up all of your facial features. Close those eyes as tight as you can. Make a big kissing mouth. Scrunch up your cheeks, your eyebrows, all of it, and then relax your face. And for the full body, just squeeze all of your muscles and then relax. All right. So we've gone over challenging negative thoughts. We've gone over progressive muscle relaxation. We've talked about what anxiety is. And now we're going to talk about one therapy tool for you that I pulled from a stack. And this is called Leaves on a Stream. This is a mindfulness exercise. And mindfulness is scientifically proven to reduce or even ameliorate, that means disintegrate anxiety (laughs) over time. Okay, so the more you practice mindfulness, the better you're going to feel and the more your world will open up and be more beautiful for you. So during the leaves on the stream exercise, you will visualize yourself resting near a stream. Whenever thoughts enter your mind, you will imagine placing them on top of a leaf and you'll watch them as they float away. Instead of seeing the world from inside your thoughts, you take a step back and you view them from afar. By doing so, you gain perspective on your thoughts and feelings, reducing their power. So to get started, you find a quiet place free of distraction. You sit or lie down and get comfortable. Close your eyes or just let your gaze soften and begin by taking some nice four-second breaths. And visualize. Imagine you're resting by the stream. The scene can look however you'd like it to look. Use all of your senses to imagine what the stream and its surroundings would look like. What does the water sound like? Is there any ambiance? Are there any physical sensations? Is there anything else that comes to mind? Maybe a furry bunny, a happy little bush over by a tree, a tree swing, whatever it is. And then you begin to meditate. So your objective during this exercise is just to simply focus on the stream. When distractions enter your mind, such as thoughts or feelings, you take a moment to notice them without any judgment. For example, if you're distracted by other obligations, notice and acknowledge to yourself, oh, I'm thinking about my to-do list. And after you take a moment to observe that thought or feeling, return your attention back to the stream. Place your thoughts upon a leaf. You might imagine writing the thought on the leaf or attaching it in some other way. Then you place the leaf in the water and watch it float away until it disappears. Continue visualizing the stream, simply observing 
and releasing any thought that enters your mind. There's nothing else you need to do. You might set a timer for 10 to 15 minutes so that you'll know when to stop. But giving yourself that mindful self-care 10 to 15 minutes, if you stick to it and you're diligent and you do it as often as you can, you will see a difference in how you feel. Treat all of your thoughts and feelings the same, whether comfortable, uncomfortable, or neutral. The goal is to become aware of your experience, not to change or improve it. With regular practice, the leaves on the stream will become easier and the positive effects will become more and more powerful. <laughs> so that concludes our quick recap on anxiety. If you have any questions or comments even, I am open to suggestions and I am available to answer questions. I will make time for you eventually. Even though I have a busy schedule, I will make time for you eventually and I will get back to you. And you know where to find me, Elizabeth, LMFT at Outlook.com. Thank you for tuning into your therapy tools and make it a great day.